Welcome to Self-Led, the podcast with me, your host, Jessica Soul. Thank you so much for being here. So how do I describe myself? <laughs> oh, let me count the ways. I am a solo mama of two incredible children, a loving partner and a passionate woman devoted to being in the state of love as often as humanly possible. I am a business owner, mentor, coach, and healer, a writer, a wannabe poet, and most importantly, an intuitively guided woman whose aim is to lead people home towards their truth through my work and allow you to access my mind via this podcast. I desire to help you revive your vitality, your wealth, your radiance, and your passion. I encourage you to open the doors that you were once told to close and the doors that were slammed in your face. I am here to help you unearth the gifts that you've buried because the world told you to dim your light. Your power has never been circumstantial, and I want you to know that it never will be. Instead, I'm here to show you how to lead yourself along the path you choose. Because life is a choice. Wealth is a gift. And with trust, we become self-led and we walk towards the path of receivership. You see, the thing is, when we take leadership seriously and we speak this leadership into physical form through our children, through our words, through our gifts, and through God, this life has so much to provide you with. For sure, it is going to confront you. So let's take a deep look at the profound responsibility and gift that this life is. I want you to find peace in knowing that all is required from us as humans is to lead to walk ourselves towards what we are deeply deserving of and what we were born to receive. So have fun, listen up, take notes, excuse the occasional F-bomb and get ready for a wild, wild ride. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Thank you for being here. I'm really, really excited to bring you today's episode. I know I've had a few weeks off from bringing you regular behind the scenes snippets of what it feels and looks like to be inside of Interwoven and the self-led framework, but I am back with a episode, especially for you, the public. And Ah, it's something I've actually just, I've literally just gotten off the back of a beautiful conversation with a friend and previous client of mine. And a question was asked to me and I immediately thought a podcast needs to be created around this. And so here I am recording because I love it. And I'm so grateful that I get to call this my work and that my words can be expressed online. It just feels amazing. And yeah, I couldn't be more grateful to be here. So here I am. So today's 
topic of conversation is one that I have no doubt will take us on a journey and I have no notes. I am just here off the cuff speaking my truth and sharing some knowledge and some wisdom with you. So we shall see where it's going to go. But one of my gorgeous friends has been away on a retreat and she sent me, she gave me a call today. I was on client calls, so I couldn't answer. And she sent me a WhatsApp voice message. And after a little bit of catching up and, you know, all the things, filling each other in, she asked me this question. And the question was, does your truth scare you? Does your truth scare you? And oh my goodness, like the the timing of, you know, the synchronicities of life are so interesting, right? Because this week has been a week for me where I have felt a large amount of emotion. And so I feel like this week it's going to be a combination of sharing some of my truth and also having a conversation with you about what I really believe truth is and opening you up to a couple of great reads, some good books to read and some great places to go when it comes to expanding your heart in a direction that's that's right for you. And that's ultimately what we're here to do. So my week started with some writing and with some reflection and I was writing a an email actually. So if you're on my subscriber list, you would have already received that email. But the email basically was put out there to let you know that I am closing intake to the interwoven family. So at the end of May, you will not be able to have access anymore. So if you have been sitting on the fence and if you are in in a position to move, if you are in a position where you are saying, you know what, I actually, I want more, then that was what the email was about. It was, it was notifying you that at the end of May, the doors are closing. But inside of that email, I, I wrote something and it came off the back of a few things that I'd seen. And I was, I was reading and consuming and thinking deeply about things And basically this quote said, you don't need to be better. You just need to be truer. You don't need to be better. You just need to be truer. And oh my goodness, I've got to say that quote really, really, really hit, hit me. It really hit me this week. And then having one of my gorgeous friends come in and say, you know, does your truth scare you? It definitely opened up. I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a can of worms, but it definitely opened up a, a level of emotion within my body. That's for sure. So I'll read you what I wrote because I think it's important that I read it to you. Ah, all right. And this is just, I just want you guys to know this is, I would expect this podcast might go for about an hour, but this is a podcast that I feel is going to be really heart opening and something to really leave you with an opportunity to contemplate. So get ready. This should be beautiful for you. But 
I found this piece and I, I adjusted it a little bit, but it says, your whole life will be a series of healing. That's how it works. You live, you uncover a layer. You are asked to go deeper and you sink into a part of you that feels even more true than the person you were a year, a month, a week, a minute before. In many ways, it's about shedding. Shedding what holds you back from experiencing your life as it's happening. Shedding societal conditioning. Shedding walls and blocks. Healing will not be linear. It will not arrive one day in perfect form. It's a becoming, an unraveling, a putting together only to unspool a bit more. Stop trying to be done with the work of becoming yourself. Stop rushing it. You have a lifetime to master it. You're meant to have a lifetime to become, unfold, tense and unfold again. It all belongs. It's all part of it. Maybe you need a break once in a while, but don't quit becoming truer versions of yourself. You don't have to become better, just truer. More you, more expressed, more free. Oh, I just, yeah, okay. I'm love, 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 loving all of that. And I've been leaning really deeply into writing and expressing and, and really wanting to articulate what I'm about and, and what, what it feels like to work inside of my communities. Ah, oh, anywho, that's where it all kind of began. And at the beginning of the week, this week, I came off the back of a relatively yeah, a relatively busy weekend. I'd been away and I'd been spending lots of quality time with the people that I love. I'd seen one of my girlfriends and been on the Gold Coast and then been out with my partner celebrating his birthday. And then babies, children came home and saw my parents and, you know, walked into the week ahead. And then we had some emotional and internal turbulence that was occurring in our family unit. And it just, it, it really, it, in so many ways, like it, it shook me. And it was so interesting that at the same time I was writing and writing these pieces about, about becoming truer and, and truth and what truth meant. And then another (laughs) quote that came to mind this week, which I really, really loved. And I, it's a roomy quote actually, but it's something along the lines of sometimes the heart needs to keep breaking in order for it to fully open. And oh my goodness, I mean, the word heartbroken, I think I felt into that and felt the expression of that word so deeply a couple of times this week. And you know, myself and people around me that I love dearly, my beloved people were, we're all going through struggle. And it's not to say that we, we don't still go through it. It's just part of the human experience. And I could feel myself going, well, 
ah, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be heartbroken. And one of my amazing support people came in and said, it's kind of like that roomy quote, you know, sometimes the heart needs to keep breaking for it to be fully open. So (laughs) goodness gracious. Anyway, so many things to bring forth today. Another thing that has come through for me, which I really, really loved is that when there is more love present in our families and in our lives, it opens pathways to more truth. And so this has been the general theme and inside of Interwoven this week, we have started a a breathwork journey. So I'm taking the family inside of there on a journey, which is a series of weeks where I enable and facilitate breathwork. So it's a really beautiful time and a leaning into our truth is the only thing that comes from connecting to our body. So it's definitely been a big, beautiful, emotional week. And emotion is there not to be suppressed by the mind. It is there to be felt by the body. And that is definitely what I have done in this past four or five days. And here I am. I'm an hour away from leaving for a Pilates session. And I'm here recording this because it's so interesting as as a podcast host I have never done a couple of interviews, but rarely have I done an interview model. I've always just come in here and been myself and shown up for you guys. And there are times when I just can't. And then there are times like this where I'm like, I just want to go in and talk. And for so many people, like you'll know that this is almost like a eulogy for me, you know, and this is so cathartic and it's, it gives me so much being able to, give my heart to people I don't know. It's really, it's something that I feel deeply honored to be able to do. Ah, So being scared and terrified of our truth. And this question came up today. And when it was asked, I thought, oh, wow, what a week to ask me a question like that. Because Some of the things that were going on for me a few days ago had me, they had me seeking for deeper truth and deeper honesty within myself. And they had me in a position where I was like, all right, what's really true for you here? That was a, that's a really powerful question. And I, I would love for you guys to write that down. If you're, if you're ever in a place of turmoil and you aren't leaning straight into breath work and, and body healing, what's true for you right now. And something that kept coming up for me this week was I'm truly feeling heartbroken. I'm truly feeling anger, but because I've chosen love as the predominant and only way of being, there's no other option than to be love and to be support and to show up in that, in that way for the people around me that right now are not able to. And this has taken me so, so long to get to this point and to this place where I have truly only wanted to be that 
kind of person and truly and not only wanted to be but truly had the capability to be and I've got to say this has only ever come through the work that I that I embody and that I teach my clients this is this is what I facilitate with people on one-to-one basis and there's absolutely nothing else that matters in this life other than connecting with the people that we love and devoting to truly understanding ourselves and them because to be misunderstood is one of the worst feelings in the world and then choosing to be in a state of love And when love leads the way, love and truth, truth in a loving way, right? Like so truth often has been labeled as something that hurts, you know, truth hurts. The harsh truth, look, truth can be harsh for people that don't know what love is. Truth can be harsh for people that are wounded and people that are reactive and people that are Uh, really unstable and unhealed. And it doesn't mean that I don't feel emotion, but when I hear other people's truth and it hurts, the, the first place I go to is how am I able to understand? So it's listening and it's this really big like, okay, this may hurt me in the moment, but if my ultimate aim is love, then truth has to exist because without truth, we are not being loving to the people around us. And in the past, I can feel so much coming through. In the past, I thought if I hid my truth in totality from some people, and I don't mean being secretive, but if I didn't speak my, all of my feelings, I would be protecting people and let me tell you like this is something I need you to write down and understand and read and listen to and allow this to fucking sink in. By hiding your truth, you are not in an act of love. By hiding the truth or your truth or what's happening for you, you are not in a place where you are honoring the people around you and that is not love ultimately it is not love to hide and to attempt to protect people when you're dealing with another party so when you're in a relationship with um, an intimate relationship or when you're in a relationship with in a business sense or with your children or with a family member or with a friend When you say, I'm not going to share that with them because I'm trying to protect them, that's where problems arise and that's where love doesn't exist. So even the other day I had a, actually it was yesterday, I had a really big and deep conversation with both of my kids and, you know, many people would say, I don't know if an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old should have these kind of conversations, but they asked me questions and I was in obligation to love. I was like, well, you know what? And I do know how to articulate myself very well, but I was like, you know what? I believe that they need to understand where I'm at and where we're at as a family and 
as a result of it, it was a heart opening experience. Yes, it did feel sensitive, but as a result of it, it expanded us more. And when you're standing in your truth, when you're expressing your truth, when you're not holding it back, what I know is that from that place, you only gain respect from the people around you. And also sometimes people's truth in a moment isn't their whole truth, but when their whole truth and their heart is being caged up and hidden away and what they desire is not being shared and their fullest expression is being stifled, that is when there is, in my opinion, a big, big problem. So the question was, does your truth scare you? And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I actually believe that the truth does scare the shit out of me in many ways. And I started to have this very candid conversation with my girlfriend and I was like, oh yeah, you know, like truthfully, where, where do I want to be? And truthfully, what would I be doing? And in truth, you know, dot, 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 is this where I would be? And all those questions. And obviously without full context of, of what the question was being posed to me either, there was this, there was this kind of unknown territory that we were working in, in conversing as friends. And sometimes we don't need to give each other the full, the full picture to be able to assist each other and support each other. But a few things came up for me and I thought I'd bring them here and just let them land here. Just let them land in podcast world and allow them to be here for anyone that is called to, to seek more truth. So I started thinking about true and what true means and being truer and what, what the truth is. And I know that for many people, we have these parts of us that are a little bit, I wouldn't like to call them our dark sides, but those sides to us that we wouldn't really often expose to many people. If you haven't read the book Existential Kink, I highly recommend you have a read of it. It is super cool and it really, it plays into this idea really, really uniquely. So I'm just going to open up my Audible so that I can have a look at the author. Okay, so Existential Kink is by Caroline or Carolyn Elliott. PhD. And it is a super cool book. It's really, really interesting because it talks about the fact that it talks about leaning into the part of you that's got the kink, right? So that, that part of you that in truth, deep, deep down loves the challenge, even though you fight against having challenge exist in your life, that part of you that secretly, you know, enjoys the guy that treats you like shit in a relationship, the part of you that says you want deep relationships but secretly loves surface level, right? And so there's this 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 kind of idea around this existential kink being a part of you that you can learn to be really playful with. And one of the one of the beautiful things that I've taken away from her work and like, if I mean, in all honesty, I didn't, I didn't take the book away and go, oh, wow, this is the best book I've ever written, I've ever read. 
I didn't think this is something I would recommend to all of my clients in any means. I think it's a really interesting concept. But one of the things that I really loved that she said was having is evidence of wanting. Having is evidence of wanting. And so whatever you have in your life currently, you at some deep, dark, kinky level wanted it to be there. And that concept for me probably a year or two ago would have definitely not been welcome in my life. I would have been like, no, that's not fucking on. I don't like the idea of that and I don't want that. So what me being inside of a relationship that was abusive meant I wanted it? No, I'm 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 going to refuse that. I I I call I I call you out on your bullshit and I say no, thank you. But as I allowed it to kind of create some as I allowed to kind of equalize in my body, I was like, no, no, that's true because something I've always believed, which is just a different way of saying it, is I am the creator of my experience. And so in that place, if you are the creator of all of your experiences, what most people will do is they'll say, well, no, I'm not. Like I I definitely never asked for my child to be, um, to be problematic or I didn't ask for these money problems or I didn't ask for this shitty relationship. But here's the kicker. We will always take credit for the joy we've created. So we want to be the creator of the experiences that we're proud of. Oh yeah, I created this. I created the great business. Oh yeah, I created this. I bought that car. I've got these cute kids. Aren't they gorgeous? Yeah, I'm the creator of my amazing relationship. Yes, I'm the creator of this body and this, that. But when it comes to being in total responsibility for your create your part played in creating everything in your experience, we often shy away and we're so easy to say, no, I'm actually not the creator of this experience. I, I created all the good, but in fact, any negative experiences in my life, I do not want to, and I do not desire to take responsibility for. And what happens in that place is that if you don't take responsibility for the creation of, then you will never be able to be the solution of. That is fucking powerful. And if we put that into context with the quote that I was sharing before, which is having is evidence of wanting, it starts to really open us up to an idea that maybe truthfully, at some level, we crave the pain, the challenge, the drama, and it does open up, and I know this is, is probably quite deep, but this does open up a really big conversation. It opens up a really big place in my heart to go, oh, wow, is that, is that true? Is, this, is that really true? And oh, I mean, <laughs> it kind of, it's kind of that thought that brings you to your knees, right, and goes, wow, like, this is intense, like, if it's in my life, I wanted it. And if it's in my life, I created it. And if it's in my life and I take responsibility for that, then I can actually move past this, surpass it and be the creator of harmony. 
I mean, how beautiful is that notion? How beautiful is it knowing that that is truth and that is what love truly represents? So I feel like I'm going so deep and then I'm popping out and then I'm going deep. So that was that book. And so I kind of brought that to the table in this conversation and I was like, all right, so, oh, excuse me. Sometimes when I yawn, it's like my body's saying, yes, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I'm hoping it's that today. But that, that idea of, you know, being scared of truth, it's like, well, truthfully, if we're willing to face off and confront ourselves, everything in our life is what we desire. So that's one way of thinking about it. And particularly when our truth and when the truth is a bit deep and dark. So, you know, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that hasn't had a thought of desiring something that's a little bit strange or that's a little bit off kilt or kinky or, you know, there's, there's not, none of us that's ever thought of anything that's a bit weird and then kind of caught ourselves and gone, is that my truth? Is that what I want? And oh my gosh, like I'm doing some writing at the moment. And I, t- I talk about this a lot because it takes a lot for people to really realize that they're not actually that fucked up and that they're quite normal and that their kinky desires and truths are actually mostly kind of okay. That's not spoken about because we don't have the courage to. Then on the other hand, I've been listening to another book at the moment, which is called Dopamine Nation. And this is by Dr. Anna Lempke. I do not know how to say it, but it's L-E-M-B-K-E. Quite compelling and quite confronting. Let me just say, not for the faint-hearted, that book. Um, if you're in a if you're in a profession like mine and you're in a really good headspace, I feel like listening to the book would be wonderful, but I'm only part way through it, so I can't give you my full recommendation at the moment. But, whoo, like the first couple of chapters, it's quite confronting. And how this relates to the conversation around truth is there is a a real possibility that a lot of people aren't even clear on what their truth is now because we are so in search for a a place where we can give ourselves a high through as as mentioned as the name of the book dopamine hit so i was um i was thinking about this a lot recently and then reading the book really kind of drilled at home is that right now in our society we have dopamine hits available to us left, right and center, you know, whether it's, I mean, I'm getting one right now by sharing and, and it's giving me a high. Um, so free, free and available oxytocin and dopamine hits, right? Um, I feel, and I've spoken to a client about this just recently. And when we were talking, I said, you know, we've got free and available oxytocin and dopamine hits, whenever we choose to call on it through expressing vulnerability and truth. And that is how we access that natural pharmacology, right? That's so 
easy to get these natural highs in our life and everything in life resolves itself when we connect to purity, truth and love. Everything. Yet in our day and age, we are searching as, as a general population, as, as this larger community, we're searching for dopamine hits in all the wrong places. And that's from scrolling and from um, technology and from sex and from drugs and from all of these, all of these places that are really misplaced. And there was a couple of really interesting conversations that went on inside of this book. As I said, I haven't gotten too far into it yet. But one of them, I'll give you like a brief outline or what I took from it was around a man who was in a marriage and he was feeling unsatisfied in the marriage and had a tendency to go and want to watch porn. And, um, you know, when he was away for work, there was this this tendency to, to do those things. And I've dealt with many people in my work where their husbands or um, partners have had these kind of things go on where, you know, as soon as they're away, it's like they need to binge on porn and they need to drink till the cows come home and get their dopamine hits. And what ended up happening for this particular man that was in this case study as such was that he ended up getting bored with the first dopamine hit and so he wanted to get the next. Long story short, he ended up in a position where he was online basically He'd created this electromagnetic device that he would place on his genitals and it would give him pleasure and also pain at varying levels. And he was handing the power over to people on the other side of the internet to um, be in charge of it and filming it. And so this dopamine hit and this, this truth of his, like he probably believed at a point that this was his true desire had really gotten out of hand and what they were speaking about or what this author was speaking about was um, exposure. And so when we expose ourselves to something for a long time, it becomes quite normal. And this is the same with drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes or taking drugs or overeating. So we get the dopamine hit and it's funny, you know, we'll talk about this like when we were younger, you know, we'd buy like our two vodka cruisers and it would be like, or we'd buy the four pack, I think. And that would be like two vodka cruisers would be us getting drunk. And now like a bottle of wine doesn't touch the sides sometimes. And so the, the more we expose ourselves to something, the less of the hit we get. And then that takes us into a place of wanting more of something. When is it really true that we want more of it? Or is the truth that we in fact are just being overly exposed to things that are ultimately just giving us a hit, just like a drug, giving us a feeling, which is in fact moving us away from our truth. I know this is big, like I feel like it's big, but I think about this with my children and I think about them watching um, the iPad and I often, I've, I've been thinking about this even in the last few days, is like we live on this property and there's so often we're not outside and we need to be outside more. And what's true for them is that they'd like to watch a show, but why is that Why is that the case? Because we've exposed them to it. If you were to raise a child on a piece of land and never have an iPad or a television around, then they wouldn't be 
naturally gravitating towards their dopamine and oxytocin hits through a screen, they might likely be like, let's go lay in the sun and pick flowers and, you know, mow the grass and run around and play and exercise for the same natural pharmacology as such to come through their bodies. And so this, both of these books help, like for me, I love reading books, not because I'm looking for an answer or I'm looking for a way to think. I'm not, I'm not reading a book going, oh, well, this is, this is an author. So they must know something that I don't, which is true. They did. They both brought things to the table. I didn't understand or know, or have such a great understanding of. But more importantly, what it was for me and when I read books was more, okay, well, this is such an interesting thing to expand on my own truth with and expand on my own philosophies with. And I believe that every human has an opportunity to create their own philosophy in life and expand on their own framework so that they can build that autonomy within their family through knowledge. The only way that we can be autonomous, which means we're self-governed, which means that we know our truth is by gaining knowledge. And if you know something to be true, then it's true. And I know I'm kind of jumping around, but I hope you're following along. It feels like I am, but normally when I listen back, it feels quite congruent. It's just that my my brain is taking me in different places. So another example of this was the other day, um, the kids were having a conversation with somebody and they were talking about the coronation and the king. And look, I mean, you guys know, if you've listened to me before, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one to watch. I don't watch regular television, TV, television is telling you a vision. I believe it's complete brainwashing. 95, if not 100% of what is shown to you on free to air and paid television is put in place to fuck you over, is put in place to have you believe a lie. We only need to look as far as the pandemic, as far as the government, as far as the banking situations, as far as this coronation. I mean, it's it's for the masses. It's not for the free thinkers and it's not for people that are discerning in the way they operate their lives. And I'll fucking say that till the cows come home because when on the occasion my Bluetooth isn't turned on and the radio turns on in my car, the garbage I hear on what I used to feel was a discerned radio station at one point in my life. Like I listened to triple J if anything, but I can't even listen to it now. I can't stand the fact that the people who are on these, they're paid, I'm assuming fairly good money to talk to a nation are spitting such fucking bullshit into the brains of our, our children and the adults of society and the fact is, is that when you turn on a television or a radio around your children, you're in fact exposing them to bullshit that you are not governing because you have no idea what's going to be said. And in my opinion, it's completely and fucking utterly irresponsible. And I I can be seen sometimes as I think people would say in the past, like conspiracy theorist, which I'm absolutely not. I'm a, I'm a realist and I'm somebody who loves researching and I'm someone who's so happy to confront the fucking truth. And the truth is, is that, and take it or leave it. I, you know, I'm not here to create arguments, but 
you know, the, the kids were talking to someone and they said, oh, you know, um, oh, the coronation, it's such tradition and, um, you know, such history in, in London. And I thought, yeah, you know what the history is? The history is blind robbery from places like Africa, the history. And then um, my daughter said, oh, you know, apparently someone, I don't remember who it was because I couldn't care less in terms of names, but one of the the men were didn't do something, committed a crime and they couldn't sit in the front row and then the other, and Prince Harry couldn't sit in the front row because he's off his duties and his wife wasn't there and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and that was met with this, oh, that's not true. And the truth is, is that you know, and I'm not here to talk about the royal family, but the truth is, is that riding in a gold carriage and needing your your crown to be in an airtight room with special conditioning so that no dust particles fall on it and living in a castle while millions of people are living in poverty is a fucking joke. And the truth is, is that that has nothing to do with love. And because I choose to see everybody with love, I don't judge them. They're, they're on their path home and they're very far away from it. But let's be real, that family and even that coronation itself was a disgrace when we're dealing with, we're dealing with like right now, you know, in Queensland on the Gold Coast with known convicted pedophiles opening corner stores in Talibudra on the Gold Coast. We're dealing with people that are living in poverty, that are sleeping with rocks as fucking pillows, you know. We're dealing with these these fucking people that are just showing off their wealth like nothing else and it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm sorry, but there's no other way to describe it. And, okay, so that's my that's my rant and the TED Talk for the day. But my point is, is that when you're autonomous and when you know truth, how would you act in accordance with what is really true? And the only way for you to understand what truth is for yourself is to have an understanding of who you are, have built a framework from which you work from, and then had a really good look at these things. And I think a couple of those books really, really helped me uncover what was I suppose like an undertone to my own truth. So the existential kink book allowed me to kind of be acceptance in some of the parts of my darkness that were true. Like, yeah, Jess, in some ways you really like the struggle, you like the uphill battle, and maybe that's a kink you need to straighten out. So there were some ways where I could take full ownership and say, yep, okay, I can see that. And then in other ways, there were parts of um, Dopamine Nation where I could say, actually, what's really true right now is I've been overexposed to something so much as in the exposure rate has been so high is that I think this is true for me. I think it's true. I want a new car, but I don't because if I hadn't been exposed to friends and people around me buying new things, I actually have no need for a new car. I love my car and I think it's great. So we have to be really, I I, I suppose the the conversation here really leans towards being discerning with what is true for you. On the other hand, though, dependent on our financial position, things become different and and different truths come through. And so we're allowed to adjust and change and alter our truth as well. I actually said um, to someone not long ago, I said, look, if I had a completely unlimited 
uh, ability to choose in life. So finances had nothing to do with it. They were available. And then there is a likelihood I would be doing things differently, right? And a lot of it would be living a more simple life in terms of like I would, I would own a home so it wouldn't matter, but I would also probably go on a, on a lot of travel and a lot of trips and live really simply with minimal belongings. And I would be talking to more people and meeting more people and out more and exploring more. And I would also probably own a really nice fucking car because I'd need it to tow my beautiful caravan on around Australia and So there'd be different things that were going to be true at different times in our lives. But I, I don't know. I really hope this kind of brought something to the table. I'm looking over at the time. Yeah. 43 minutes. Well done, Jess, give or take. But what I really encourage for you. And and one of the things we also spoke about was like, when we do lean in and honor our own truth, it takes a lot of courage and bravery and, I believe, and I've said this earlier, everything in life resolves itself when we connect to purity, truth, and love. But it can be really, really difficult and and really, really challenging to express our truth. And, you know, one of my friends said to me, you know, you've been so courageous and you've like lent in and stepped into your truth and followed your truth and made big decisions around that. And one of those you know, more remarkable or more, maybe not remarkable isn't the word, more significant is what I meant to say, more significant parts in or periods in my life and decisions that I made to be in alignment with my truth was my separation and divorce. And in that place, it came from a, it came from a numerous, it came from, and in that place there was, numerous factors that caused the the end decision but a lot of it came down to being autonomous and understanding how do I want my children to be raised and do I desire them to be inside of a conditioned society and inside of a generational passing down that I didn't believe biologically generationally was right or did I not want that And you only know the answers to those things when you're brave enough and courageous enough to step out and say, actually, no, actually, no. And I remember the conversations around vaccinations and things like that when they were little. And I knew that I felt completely against things. And we had this juxtaposition within our relationship dynamic. There was, there was a lot of conflict And it's not that in relationships, we always have to think the same. Me and my partner now, like I would say we're very similar in thinking in many ways, but there are many ways we are not, but we are very open to understanding and we're willing participants in the relationship that are both working towards becoming truer together, not better, but truer, but the only way you can ever step into any form of courage is by understanding what the truth is and the truth for you only has to do with love. And if it isn't love, then it isn't truth and vice versa. So my beautiful ones, I'm going to leave that with you for today. I have no idea what I'm going to title this. Does the truth scare you? But I feel like we need a better title. I truly, truly deeply hope that you 
enjoyed this this episode and I'm I'm glad it's out here. I can't wait to listen back to it because I feel like it was a bit of a download. There was not really any script and any purpose other than to express, which I really like. I love doing podcasts like this. If you found this valuable, please share, please like, please give me some some loving, give me some reviews, all the nice things. And I'll be back soon. In the meantime, my DMs are always open. You can always slide on in and say hello and tell me what you thought and ask me any questions. And I'm always welcome to that. Big love. And I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for playing along. I truly, truly hope you loved this week's audio. I want you to know that you can access my self-led rolling mastermind community for as little as $200 a month, where you access full length audio conversations, live coaching, and become a part of the growing worldwide village of women devoted to leadership inside of their vitality, wealth, their homes, families, and their relationships. With love from me to you, always remember, that the self-led woman trusts, she speaks truth, she steps forward and she links arms. She leads her home, her relationships, her village and her vitality. She hustles with force like the ocean hitting the shoreline. She moves with grace and she listens to the whispers. She acts with speed and maturity and harnesses the feminine force inside of her waiting and wishing and praying to be seen in totality. She rises in purity. She is high value and her wealth receivership is open. The self-led woman is getting ready for everything to change as she digs through the illusions of shame, drags her soul through the depths of pain. She obliterates her distractions and she becomes self led.